Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We are here because the defendant murdered two individuals. The state says YNW Melly is a cold-blooded killer, while the defense says the state can't prove it. Why he would commit such a heinous crime against his own two best friends for no reason. We are looking at the top 11 moments from week one of the YNW Melly trial. I've covered a lot of crime stories over the years, many of them here at Law & Crime, and it always gets me thinking about how important it is for all of us to stay safe. Well, this is Palm Pepper Spray, and it can help you do just that. It is a small but mighty self-defense tool. Palm Pepper Spray shoots up to 12 feet using the strongest legal form of pepper spray available. It's safe and easy. You just point and spray. And if you want to try it, you can get 10% off. Log on to palmpepperspray.com and use the promo code LAWCRIME10. And remember, if you or anyone else is ever in trouble, always dial 911. YNW Melly's legal name is Jamel Demons. He faces two counts of first-degree murder for the death of two lifelong friends, Chris Thomas and Anthony Williams. They were part of his rap group, YNW. Thomas went by YNW Juvie and Williams went by YNW Sack Chaser. A fourth member, Cortland Henry, went by YNW Bortland. Prosecutors say on October 26, 2018, the four men left a recording studio together at 3.19 a.m. They're seen on surveillance video getting into a gray SUV. More than an hour later, Bortland showed up at an emergency room with Juvie and Sack Chaser in the SUV. They were dead. Melly was not in the vehicle. Portland claimed they had been the victims of a drive-by shooting, but he didn't have a scratch on him. Portland is charged separately. Melly faces the possibility of the death penalty if convicted, and he's the first person in the state of Florida to face the possibility of the death penalty under a new lower threshold. A recent change in Florida law allows a jury to impose the death penalty by a vote of eight to four. Up until April of this year, That vote had to be unanimous, 12-zip. The week started with opening statements, of course. Christine Bradley is the assistant state attorney for Broward County. She gave the opening statement for the prosecution. She described Melly as a cold-blooded killer. On October 26th of 2018, this defendant shot and killed two of his friends. He killed Christopher Thomas and Anthony Williams. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to set out the story and how this unfolded and lay out what I expect the evidence will show during the course of this trial. First thing you're going to hear is that at 4.35 a.m. on October 26th of 2018, Cortland Henry, the co-defendant, shows up at Memorial Miramar Hospital. In his car, he has two dead bodies. In the front passenger seat is Anthony Williams. In the rear passenger seat 
is Christopher Thomas. They are dead, they are riddled with bullets, and the car is full of blood. Christopher Thomas is sitting in the rear. There is multiple defects to his body. Anthony Williams, who is sitting in the front, has two major injuries. Officer Jessica Amagor is working a detail at the hospital. Cortland Henry runs in, starts telling a story about a drive-by. Quote, unquote, drive-by. The prosecution says the story about a drive-by is made up and there's no evidence to support it. But there is evidence of a shooting found in another location where cell phone evidence indicated Melly and his friends had been that morning. The prosecution also talked about Melly being in a gang and an Instagram message that they say is essentially a confession. One individual, and specifically, sends out, and I want to quote the message exactly that you will hear, and says, right after this, Yo, homie, you good? Let me know something. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is where context matters. What does that mean? If you work at Google and you say, my whole floor is coding, that's a good thing. If you work at Broward General Hospital and you say, my whole floor is coding, that is a bad thing. The context around the messages matters. So in the context of this message, this individual is reaching out, asking if Mr. Demons is good after he's been tagged in multiple social media posts about this drive through, this shooting. And Mr. Demons responds very succinctly, I did that. Then it was the defense's turn. Melly's lead attorney, David Howard, told the jury the state can't prove its case. That's the first indication that they're just guessing and don't know what they're talking about. And that, ladies and gentlemen, by itself is reasonable doubt. Why he would commit such a heinous crime against his own two best friends for no reason. <clears throat> what happened here is that the lead detective, Detective Moretti, saw a video of Mr. Demons getting into a car 40 plus minutes before bodies were found in that car. And then he discovered that Mr. Demons was a rising star. And from that point on, he decided he's the only person that could have committed this crime. Because if you're involved in prosecuting a star, you become a star. This was his big break. And he had tunnel vision, he zeroed in on this person, this young man, as the only possible perpetrator of that crime to the exclusion of all other leads and evidence. 
Howard went on to tell the jury that the investigation cannot be trusted. Three years after arresting this young man and sticking him in a cell, the state looks at its case and says, oh man, this looks a little incompetent. Miramar police seems to have botched this investigation and they call the Broward Sheriff's Office and ask them to come and look at the investigation upon which this entire prosecution rests. And he looks at it and he says he instantly knew he had to start from scratch. I think his words were, it was the worst thing I had seen in my life. The state's first witness was Jessica Amengor. She was a Miramar police officer working a detail at the emergency room that morning when she described Cortland Henry coming in. So I'm sitting at the ER desk and he comes running inside uh, the, to my left, so the pediatric entrance, and he's very excited, like heightened state of alert, something traumatic or something you know, just happened. Um, and he's like, hey, you know, they just shot my car, they just shot my friends, like I need help, come help me. Okay. The initial uh, interaction. And based on his statement, how do you proceed? So as soon as I walk out the um, ER and I see the, the vehicle had multiple um, bullet holes on the side, I immediately radio in for additional resources because that's beyond my scope of my, I can handle by myself. And then um, asking, hey, I need additional officers you know, as soon as possible, urgently to respond to the, to the hospital. I have a vehicle that's been involved in the shooting, and I can see the multiple holes. And then looking inside the vehicle, I can see two unresponsive males. So I advise I have possible um, dead persons as well. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. It's important to note Cortland Henry claims they were the victims of a drive-by, but he doesn't have any injuries. Police photographed him at the hospital he doesn't have a scratch on him or any blood. That seems nearly impossible since there are 16 bullet holes in that SUV. On cross-examination, there was a somewhat dramatic moment when a Mangor was asked this question by Melly's attorney. Was the crime scene also inside the hospital where Mr. Portland Henry was? Yeah, the whole ER was shut down. Okay, so in other words, no one was allowed in that area that we saw. Unless they were needing emergency care, that would go to another room, but the ER was shut down. So I'm um, real clear. Uh, do you know uh, the names of all, did you document the names of all the officers and detectives that responded? No, I didn't. So we're perfectly clear. Could you stand up? Uh -huh. 
You didn't see this young man getting out of the Jeep at any time, correct? No, sir. The reason the prosecution says Melly wasn't in the backseat of the car was because they said he got out of the car at 4.02 a.m. to stage the drive-by and later sent a pin to a friend to pick him up. The prosecutor showed the jury photos of the SUV where Juvie and Sack Chaser were shot to death. Blood covers the back passenger seat where Juvie was sitting. You can also see the bullet holes from the gun being fired at the vehicle. The jury also saw photos of Bortland. Police photographed him in the hospital. He didn't have any injuries from the shooting, which is mind-boggling given the, his claim that they were the victims of a drive-by. Police never recovered the murder weapon, but did recover a 40 caliber shell casing. The defense seized on this when cross-examining the firearms expert who analyzed all of the shell casings in this case. His name, Jorge Bayo. Could you tell us beyond and to the exclusion of every reasonable doubt after all of this examination, how many firearms created these casings and uh, projectiles? So I, what I can say is that one firearm fired the uh, casings. So one firearm produced uh, the cartridge cases that were submitted. And as far as the projectiles are concerned, um, I can say that two of them came from one firearm and then the other ones could have come from the same firearm, but I cannot conclusively say that there was one. Okay, so there could be more than one firearm that created all of these items, correct? As far as the projectiles, yes. Okay, fair enough. Now, after you did all of this analysis, were you able to determine what gun was used to create these projectiles and uh, no, in the absence of a firearm, I cannot conclusively say it was one or the other. So essentially, Bayo is saying there could have been more than one gun used, which could help Melly's case. He was also questioned about determining the trajectory or angle from which a shot is fired and what variables could impact that type of testing. And if the shooting occurred inside a car, for instance, would the arm length map of the so-called shooters, shooter or shooters? It could. And whether or not the person was leaning in one direction? Sure, they were working in a very small environment. Okay, so there's a lot of variables that one must take into consideration. Yes. Before you say, where the gun was or where the shooter or shooters were when they fired this firearm. Right. And if you don't take those variables into consideration, you're just giving a guesstimate, estimate of where everybody was, correct? I assume so. I mean, I have to see the situation, but yes. Okay. And you would consider that to be not proof beyond to the as a manager of the Broward Sheriff's Office tool and what's the title tool and fireman tool okay. uh, you certainly would want to take all those variables in before you told this jury or any jury 
And yes, scientifically, I would want to make sure that I'm accounting for as many variables as possible whenever rendering an opinion. Otherwise, it would be just a guess, yes. an estimate, right? Right. I want to give a scientifically valid opinion. Now, this could be an important point. The state contends Melly fired the fatal shots from the back driver's side seat, while the defense says he wasn't there and that this was a drive-by. The jury also heard testimony about gunshot residue testing. Those are particles of lead and other elements left behind after a gun is fired. What could be important in this case? The testing that was not conducted. You got the sample of the sample from Miramar Police Department? Yes. Specifically, uh, Detective Moretti directed <clears throat> to you? Correct? Yes. And when we talk about GSR, or gunshot residue, uh, you're aware that GSR can be found on clothes, right? Yes, that's possible. Did Detective Moretti send you any clothes of Cortland Henry? He did not. He didn't send you any of the clothes? No. Did you know that the clothes of Cortland Henry were collected by the Miramar Ob Police Department? Objection, calls for speculation outside the civil Well, I calls for speculation. She knows she can answer question. Were you aware that the Miramar Police Department collected Cortland Henry's clothes? No, I was not aware of that. The defense will point to this as another example of the investigation being botched in their opinion. A lot has been made during this first week of trial about the way Melly acts in front of the camera. It's not always in front of the jury. In fact, it's rarely in front of the jury. There was one moment that really got under the skin of some of the victim's families where he appeared to be praying and then blowing kisses. On Thursday, there were some fireworks in the courtroom when the mother of Melly's ex-girlfriend took the stand. Felicia Holmes appeared to be a reluctant witness. Good morning, Ms. Holmes. Good morning. How are you today? Not good. Are you cold? No, I'm just, um, you know, I just feel, I don't feel comfortable. Are you nervous? I feel threatened. Before Holmes took the stand, prosecutor Christine Bradley said Holmes claimed she couldn't remember telling police in 2018 that Melly FaceTimed her daughter that morning her daughter was screaming, and Melly claimed people had fired at the SUV he was in with his friends, and he thought that they were dead. Bradley said Holmes claimed in 2018 that she saw Melly that morning and didn't see any blood on him. You remember speaking with law enforcement in December of 2018? I remember speaking with them, but I couldn't. I don't remember what they looked like. I don't remember their names, okay. but I do remember talking to someone. Okay, so Miss Holmes, I want to ask you: Were you honest and truthful with law enforcement when you spoke with them? I, I would hope so. I mean, it was, it was 2018. I was, I went through a lot in that year, so I'm not sure where my, my mindset was at that time. Did you lie to law enforcement? I would hope not. But I don't remember, I don't remember my, I don't remember my, what I said back then. It was like five years ago. Oh, of course, of course. I understand it's been a long time. Holmes offered an explanation about why her statement after the murders differed from her claims now. I do remember that they kind of bullied me and threatened my daughter. To take her to jail for accessory after the bed. I do remember that. Yes. And in terms of the statements that you made about what happened, yeah. you don't have any recollection of that. Did you read this statement multiple times? I, I looked at it and I just didn't recall it and I, no, I don't know. And so you indicated you hoped you were truthful with law enforcement? Yes, I did. 
I have to ask you to be more definitive. Were you truthful? I don't remember what I said to them back then. So if I was to tell you something now, I could be lying. I don't want to lie on stand because you're going to take me to jail. So I'm saying what you want me to say. I do not want you to say anything. I want you to tell the truth. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Christine Bradley implied Holmes had been paid to conveniently forget what she had told police. In terms of the, have you ever said a statement, to the, have you ever made a statement to the effect of you were told to quit your job and the defense would take care of us? Of the judge? No. Excuse me. The defense? No. Okay. Last question. Uh, I made a determination that was an inappropriate, improper question, uh, and the way it was phrased was uh, totally improper, and uh, therefore I sustained the objection. I am instructing you that you are disregard the question. All right. I'm going to ask counsel to rephrase the question. Go ahead. Melly's defense attorneys were outraged by the suggestion that they or anyone else were paying off Holmes to lie. I'm sorry, I haven't asked anything yet. Ask your question. When you first took the stand, you said, I feel threatened. Yes, sir, I do. Who do you feel threatened Objection, by? Your Honor. What rules? Christine Bradley, the prosecutor's office. This prosecutor? Yes, I do. Thank you. This led the defense to end the week by asking for a mistrial over Holmes's testimony and the questioning by Christine Bradley. Mr. Dennis has been prejudiced. This jury sat there and watched this fiasco unfold with at least 10, maybe 15 sidebars after every two questions with the implications that were being all, all predicated on the implications and the inadmissible testimony that Ms. Bradley herself read into and spoke into the record. And for that reason, we think that it was deliberate. It is highly prejudicial. This jury has been tainted and removed for a mistrial. Judge, in my entire career, I've never heard the state imply with no evidence whatsoever that the defense team would take care of this witness. For her part, Christine Bradley said these statements were attributed to Felicia Holmes from her Instagram messages used to question her. Judge, with regards to that, the statements that were in the records are what was used as impeachment, where it says they said that they were going to take care of us. Defense read into it and implied it meant there it was never said the defense team in any way, shape, or form. Judge John Murphy said he will rule on the motion for mistrial on Tuesday after the long holiday weekend. He told the defense team to consult with Melly to be sure this is what he wants, a mistrial. And that's it for this edition of Law and Crime Sidebar Podcast. You can listen to and download Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch it on Law and Crime's YouTube channel. I'm Anjanette Levy, and we will see you next time.